If you want peace, prepare for war. This is Parabellum, a Cyberbit podcast. Hello, good morning, everybody. Welcome to our webinar, The Future of Cybersecurity Training. Uh, we're going to talk about the Deloitte Cyber Academy powered by Cyberbit. My name is Sharon Rosemann. Very happy to see so many of you uh, right now on the line and looking forward to a successful webinar. Let's talk about our agenda uh, for a moment. Uh, we're going to start by talking about the, the skilling and the talent shortage. Uh, we'll continue to talk about the Deloitte Cyber Academy powered by Cyberbit. Uh, we will go through actual case studies of cyber ranges, of cyber training facilities uh, in a military environment, in a financial institution, and in higher education, three different uh, types of uh, cyber ranges and simulation center. Uh, we will finish with a Q&A. Uh, we think this is a very hot and very relevant and interesting topic today, the topic of uh, cybersecurity training. I would like to present the, the hosts today. Uh, my name is Sharon Rosenman. I'm from Cyberbit. Cyberbit is the world leading provider of cyber range platforms, actually doing it since 2013, providing uh, cyber ranges for cybersecurity training and, and simulation for uh, over six years. Uh, and with me is uh, Mr. Shri Prasanthrati. Sure. Thank, thank you, Sharon. And uh, hi, everybody. Good morning. Uh, I'm Sri Parthasarathy, Chief Innovation Officer and National Leader for Cyber Risk Services at Deloitte India. And we work very closely with Cyberbit, taking a whole range of solutions into the market. And what we will be talking to you today is on uh, specifically on training and skilling and how that essentially is transforming this particular industry. Very happy to uh, to have you again on the line, uh, Sri, and hosting together. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a pleasure. Uh, can you start, Sri, by talking about the uh, critical skill and talent gap? Could you provide your uh, insights sure. about that? Can we start with that, please? Thanks, Sharon. And as everybody uh, is aware, uh, World over, we are going through a critical skill and talent gap. People look at it as a challenge, or some people will look at it as an opportunity. For those of you who are looking for jobs and who have the right skills, then essentially it becomes a big opportunity. And even for training institutes, universities, and others, it essentially becomes a big opportunity. But for employers who essentially have a shortage of skills and who have a big challenge in terms of what you're doing, I think essentially this becomes a big issue in terms of how they operate. And the demand for cybersecurity professionals only continues to increase. And as we have seen world over and also specifically in India, the number of jobs are significantly uh, increasing, specifically in financial services, government and public sector, and all, all the other areas. And when you look at it, I think one of the big things where uh, organizations and enterprises want to really uh, build a full-fledged security operation center or a command uh, cyber intelligence center, their biggest challenge that they see is essentially that things are not very structured, which is basically the lack of processes or playbooks. Uh, and uh, if you look at the security market like anything else, uh, there are too many tools right now, and uh, essentially they are not completely synergized. Over a period of time, we expect a lot more uh, mergers and acquisitions going on in that particular space, 
and which will sort of get a better integration. Automation and orchestration, while there is a lot of things going on there, but there's a lot still to desire, and which is where essentially when you look at analytics, or, uh, automation and orchestration, a lot of organizations are, poking, are focusing on that. The biggest, but the biggest area which essentially we believe is the weakest link is the lack of skilled staff, because you can have any number of tools, but if you do not have the right number of people to operate it and the right skills, then essentially that becomes a challenge. And as you can see from the slide, 61.92% of the respondents said that the lack of skill staff is one of the biggest stumbling blocks for them. And for you, for those of you who are students here, that becomes an opportunity. And for those of you uh, within organizations, as we present the next couple of slides, we will have solutions on how you can basically address this issue. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing, right. you know, Sri, that, uh, that we sometimes we, we tend to look at cybersecurity as a problem of uh, technology and more tools and we're missing more advanced technologies. But sometimes we overlook the fact that it's really about people and I think this is what's eye-opening in, in this slide so so thanks very much for presenting that definitely and I think uh, as people say application applicants lack hands-on experience and what that really means is I think uh, organizations don't lack training but what we believe is I think how you really need to train in the cybersecurity space is what really needs to change and 45% uh, said don't believe that most applicants understand the business of cybersecurity, which essentially is a big challenge. And 25% say today cybersecurity uh, candidates lack technical skills. And then the 55% say report that practical hands-on experience. So if you really combine all of this, then essentially this focuses on how organizations or how uh, universities and schools are really training our professionals because if they are coming into the open job market from a cybersecurity perspective and they lack skills and they do not know the business of cybersecurity and or do not have the right qualification, then it becomes a big challenge. So it's a question of how do you basically uh, match between the supply and demand and basically make sure that the people who are coming in coming out of, of the vast number of colleges uh, and universities across the world essentially have this kind of a skill set. So would you say that it's really, like you said, it's really not the lack of training, but really the lack of the hands-on type of experience to, to actually experience the, what it means to experience a cyber attack? To me, when I look at existing uh, forms of training, I think uh, they are becoming a little archaic and essentially what we really need to focus on as we move forward is more on skilling than training, and which I will cover a little more in depth in my next slide. Thank you, that's a really, really good point. So as you look at it, future of cyber skilling, as I said before, skilling is what is important and our organizations need to move uh, towards skilling. And I think if you look at from an India perspective, even government is running significant initiatives on skilling India and world over organizations are organizations and government are focusing on skilling. Uh, and when I talked about why the current uh, concept of context of cyber training and awareness in enterprises is a little archaic, uh, because what we believe is the training and awareness is in enterprises is not focused on the weakest link. What that means is it is not directed at all employees and all people in the extended enterprise. It is for a select few 
which this particular training is targeted and rest of the people are more looking at posters or that kind of information. The training part, when you really look at it today, an organization, the way they train people, they are training them specifically for a product or for a particular area or a job function, but what they are not really looking at is the skill that they need to really provide. Because when you really look at addressing cybersecurity, it is something like music. What a, a person gets taught in music is a variety of notes, and what they do real time is when they are actually playing a song or an orchestra, they bring it all together. And similarly, when you really look at skilling, you have to prove a significant number of skills which are going to be applicable and when he's faced with a real-life situation, he will bring these skills together in a different format. More focus on fire drills. I think today, World Over, do fire drills very well, but I don't see any organization doing cyber drills, and I think cyber drills are going to be important because that is going to be sort of the future in terms of how attacks will happen. Analysts today, not up-to-date on future technologies. The reason for that is essentially organizations while they send people for training, do not have the right level of investment on sandboxes or other technologies where they can work with people. And most trainings are classroom-based and not immersive, and it is important, extremely important to for a lot of these particular trainings to be immersive. And why skilling and uh, not trainings is essential, what we have noticed is gamification and simulation and actual real hands-on experience is far more effective in retention of knowledge. And uh, similar to taking an example from the military, one has to perform something about 18 times before it actually becomes a habit. So what we expect is professionals need to practice and hone their skills on a continuous basis, and it cannot be just theoretical knowledge that they really practice on. And today, aspects are dynamic and complex and follow varying patterns. And training, as I said in the previous slide, follows a very linear pattern, where skilling provides the uh, stakeholder and analyst a lot of different various toolkits. And similar to what a carpenter would do, a carpenter would come to your house, essentially have a variety of tools, but he would know what to apply when. And that's how essentially a cybersecurity professional needs to look at. And and at school and university levels, I think we need to start them young. Regimentation, immersive learning experience is going to be very, very important. And the slogan that I like very much, give a man a fish, you feed him. Teach a man how to fish, you feed him for life. And which is why I think teach your people skills and you will essentially help them for life and you would uh, give them the knowledge that they need to take them forward across their entire life. Our goal in this particular area, as we've been thinking out of the box and working with uh, CyberBet is to say, how do we essentially standardize and centralize killing needs in the area of cybersecurity? And how do we provide organizations and, or, and universities or schools the ability to provide this particular scaling on a just-in-time basis to their particular students? And which we believe is uh, in the area of standardizing and centralized uh, skilling. Uh, uh, High-quality and specialized up-to-date catalog because what we believe is the scenarios change, the patterns change, uh, and various technology, as you know, there are significant number of technologies that uh, are coming in today, and all of which are basically disrupting things. So what needs to be done is, 
the content itself needs to be up to date at a, any point in time. Uh, facilitated and more, moderated by industry and subject matter experts. The reason for this is you need to be taught by people who are the absolute experts uh, to essentially have a different level of caliber. Because if you learn chess from a grandmaster, essentially your skill set will uh, go up to what we call as a grandmaster level. And if you have the aptitude to do that, if you learn it from a very person with a much lower skill, and then essentially that is all that you will basically be able to experience. Highly customizable to your enterprise career and skilling needs because organizations have career and skilling paths, and this essentially will be highly customizable to your needs. And when you look at and what the platform uh, can actually provide to you, it's the integrated and uh, integrated uh, into your cybersecurity program. Uh, it can essentially support stakeholders across that entire career cycle. It may be for a specific event issue or something that you want the person to train. They could basically train for that element or it could be for an entire career cycle. Uh, you could create your own scenarios, networks, IT, uh, OT. You can create your own scenarios. You can also uh, be able to uh, allow people to be uh, practice on these particular elements. And it also simulates a real life security operation center, which essentially anybody can then practice on. And what uh, this basically changes, it changes it from theory and classroom to actual real life uh, scenarios where people can experiment, play around, and also be able to further customize these particular scenarios as you move forward. Great, so again, I see already some questions coming up. And uh, right now what we're going to do is uh, issue a quick pause the questions that we're asking you is what is your main gap around training you should now see the poll on your screen you can choose more than one answer very clearly most of you the main challenge for most of you is keeping team members skilled and up to date is the main challenge that at least the people on this group are experiencing and number two it's executive training which is interesting before evaluating cybersecurity candidates and that's something we also see uh, from a lot of our uh, customers and our partners that we're kind of neglecting the executives uh, in the room you know we're focusing on training the the hands-on operational staff but what about those executives and we'll touch that later uh, in this uh, webinar, uh, close at number uh, three is uh, evaluating new candidates and then onboarding new team members. Uh, so definitely keeping team members skilled and up to date is your number one challenge. And then executive training, which is kind of an interesting uh, insight. Thank you, Shri, for that. It was very uh, eye-opening uh, and visionary. And uh, I think what we'd like to talk about now is, you know, we've talked a lot about cyber ranges, but what, what is actually the cyber range platform? Uh, so we're going to talk a bit uh, also from Cyberbit's perspective and Deloitte, what is the range platform that we are talking about? Because you'll hear a lot of people saying cyber range and referring to many different people. Now, when we talk about the cyber range, uh, we're talking about what we like to call a hyper-realistic training environment, which means that the goal is to simulate as accurately as possible the real-life environment of that security uh, practitioner, because that will really provide the most realistic level of training. Uh, so when we're talking about uh, our cyber range platform, we're talking about several components. First of all, uh, a virtualized uh, IT network, 
which means that uh, you might have seen some range that are uh, comprised of multiple uh, hardware physical components. Here we're not talking about physical components. We're talking about a very easy to manage, completely virtualized uh, replication of an IT network with dozens of components. It can be quite complex and quite comprehensive, but fully virtualized. Above the network, uh, we, we see a virtualized SOC, which means that this is actually a, a real-life replication of a security operation center, and most important, includes the actual tools, the commercial tools that those practitioners will use at work. So we're not talking just about open source tools, we're talking about tools like Palo Alto or Checkpoint or Curator Sim or McAfee and so on. The idea is again to give those stock analysts the, the experience that is very close to what they'll feel like at work. Now, in that network, uh, we provide an attack generator, which is actually a virtual attacker uh, that simulates real-life attacks that can start with very simple attacks and can be also very complex and evolving attacks of hours or even days uh, simulated into the virtual IT network. The traffic generator is another component that generates a more real-life experience of just regular traffic like email and so on that flows in the network. And on top of that, instructor tools. So it's not just about providing a, an extensive simulation environment, but also providing the instructor, the user, the tools to easily set up a session, to start and to restart, by the way, very easily. You know that in, in a physical range, after you finish the session, it can take hours to set up each and every machine. But in our virtualized cyber range, in a click of a button, the range is set for the next session. So that is the platform, and on top of that platform, very important is to have content and the multitude of scenarios. And these scenarios are built for different types of teams. It can be for the blue team, the SOC team training scenarios, the red team penetration uh, testing, penetration scenarios, and ICS, industrial control system training scenarios, which are becoming a major priority for our audience. And those scenarios actually are coupled with an actual physical OT network that it can be part of the cyber range, which means that you can actually simulate a real-life attack on a critical infrastructure environment, including the actual uh, controllers, which is quite unique uh, to this platform. So this is what provides, this, uh, this combination provides this hyper-realistic experience that maximizes the training. Now, uh, in addition to this default or core range platform that you've seen, we also provide more advanced customization for more advanced users. And sometimes you will want to change the platform to suit your needs and perhaps to add certain scenarios. So what we provide here is a scenario builder that users can actually use to customize the training scenarios or even to build your own scenarios based on very basic building blocks of cyber attacks and, and build any type of attack that you would like that is going to be simulated uh, in the cyber range. In addition to scenarios, we also provide a network builder that allows our customers to customize their networks completely independently and create a very, very close replication of their own actual network, including the infrastructure to add security tools uh, to customize it to the tools that you actually use uh, at work. So it's a very highly customizable uh, environment. Yes. One of the other things that we have seen, uh, which is very interesting with this particular situation is you could also emulate, emulate your entire network and you could essentially figure out if I move components and run a couple of scenarios, 
how will my net network actually behave? And that essentially will also help you understand how your network is going to operate in real time. And that also helps you to do network con uh, network reconfiguration or optimization. And those are some things that we have seen uh, wh while we look at it mainly from a training platform. We also used it for a couple of clients where we can do this kind of emulation and it becomes a very powerful tool in that particular scenario. That's a very important point and uh, I agree uh, by 100%. So we've looked at the platform, but what does the cyber range actually look like in real life? So this is an example of, uh, of a typical uh, cyber academy. One of our customers will we'll touch that customer later on, but you can see that uh, the, the trainees are actually sitting in a setup that looks very much like their own SOC environment. And what you can also see is several teams. So you can actually train different SOC teams. You can have a tier one, tier two, uh, a forensic analyst and a SOC manager all sitting uh, around one virtual SOC and working together as a team on their own network with another team uh, on the other side uh, working on another scenario on a different network. Uh, so here you can see a, a setup with several uh, teams working in parallel. Of course, they can also train individually and they can also train remotely. So there's an option to train on-premise like this and actually to practice the communication skills and so on, but also to connect remotely and even train as an individual. Uh, on the back, you can see the instructor, which is actually running the session using uh, the uh, cyber range application management system. So again, very convenient also to manage and to run uh, the entire show. So this is one of the setups of, of uh, one of our cyber range um, customers. Uh, now, if you remember the instructor that you've seen, let's look at what this looks like uh, in terms of the experience from the instructor's uh, point of view. And, and I think I've mentioned earlier that it's very important not just to set up uh, the virtual simulation environment, but also to give the instructor tools that allow them to manage, uh, set up, and configure it in a few clicks of, of a button and not really in uh, uh, doing actual physical configuration. Uh, so here's an example of what an instructor might see uh, when starting a session. The first thing that they will see is, is a menu that allows them to define the session for today according to the roles. And you can see basic tier one uh, analyst training, uh, more advanced tier two stock analyst training, advanced incident response. You can see on the lower left penetration testing scenarios as well. And on the right hand, the package of industrial control system scenarios. Again, I've mentioned the option also to practice on critical infrastructure uh, Attack. So very easy to quickly choose uh, the scenario of choice for the instructor. Once this is uh, selected, you would you would choose your network. So again, you can choose from a set of core networks uh, that we can provide, uh, but also choose from networks that we've customized for you that really replicate your own infrastructure, the customer infrastructure, or even networks that you've set uh, on your own. So after we chose the session, you see here on the right a few menu, a few options for the actual session that we'll run today. We choose what network are we going to use uh, for the session today. And again, you see that there's no real configuration. It's all a matter of a couple of mouse clicks and it's done. Now, as soon as that's done, the session is up and running and the attack is actually starting automatically. It's running completely automatically. And let's describe what this actually looks like. So on the right-hand side, you can see the students uh, in case of a university or the trainees that are training today uh, in the session. In the middle of the instructor screen, you can actually see a remote view 
into the trainee's screen. So we can actually monitor each trainee's screen from the instructor console and actually see what's going on and give them comments. You can see that this trainee has a few uh, screens open and process of some sort of detection process. Um, and we can see each and every one's screen. And it's actually also being recorded. Uh, on the left-hand side, you can see a set of goals. So every session is also configured with a scenario and with a specific goals broken down in a granular level to the goals that the trainee should achieve during the session. So you can see this in case, in this case, it's a, it's a critical infrastructure attack, and you see that there's a detection goal. Uh, there is a goal to detect uh, unreliable HMR, human machine interface. Uh, so you see a set of goals that are uh, actually automatically being tracked, and that's an automatic way to train the, the trainee's performance and even rank him, as you can see here on the bottom, the overall rating, uh, which is a sort of also a gamification of actually giving him a score and even competing with his, uh, with his peers. Um, on the bottom side, you can see the timeline of the attack, and all the entire attack is being recorded and can then be played back. So you can actually debrief uh, in a very detailed way with the trainees, tell them what went right and what went wrong. And you can see that every event, it's a bit small, but you can see the icons on the bottom uh, that each and every event in the attack and the goals and any notes that I provided, basically anything that's happening is being recorded and timed. So Later on, when I go back to the debrief, at the end of the session, I can skip to, to significant moments of the session and talk to my trainee about them. Uh, so I don't have to lurk for them. I don't have to go to play through the entire session, but really to go through the significant moments. So again, it's not just a simulation platform, but also very advanced and comprehensive training um, environment. As such, what we've also seen, uh, and as we have done this uh, together, what we've seen is it very easily uh, customizable, and we can customize it based on the levels of the students and also based on the skill level that they have and mature them over a period of time. And the instructor-led tools are very uh, easy to basically uh, help configuration. There are standard scenarios available, there are standard networks, or if you want to build it all from scratch, you could do that too. And as we continue to do this, we continue to evolve in terms of the various case, uh, scenarios and also attack, uh, attack vectors. And what we do along with the team here is as there are new attack vectors, zero-day vulnerabilities, we get those updated and those essentially continue to basically keep your particular platform very current. Thanks. And uh, would you like to talk a little bit about our goal of, of sure. uh, building the cybersecurity ecosystem? Sure. We are working, uh, in, uh, as we look at from an India perspective, we expect to add, uh, build a couple of ranges uh, here in India, which is uh, we have a few already running. And uh, we are working very closely with uh, the government and military where uh, they, uh, they are one of our significant buyers. Uh, similarly, we are uh, sort of working with a couple of universities uh, where we have adopted the universities when we are conducting cyber programs for them and they are building out ranges for themselves. And as we embark on the third leg of the journey with the industry, we see a lot of uptake there and a lot of interest in terms of cyber ranges. And what we believe is it's important, whether we uh, operate in government, military, academia, and industry, to really focus on the skilling going to be extremely important for all of these particular stakeholders to continue to basically move up 
uh, in their skilling maturity as we uh, take this forward. Thank you very much. And it's really an amazing symbiosis between industry, uh, academia, and government. And we've seen this with every uh, region that actually built uh, a cyber range. We see this collaboration and this symbiosis actually happening. Um, I think, uh, and, again, this, this yes, of and course, are, uh, what we have done is, uh, what we are displaying here for you is a, a whole uh, set of ranges and simulation uh, platforms uh, that have been uh, rolled out across the world. So this essentially is a very, very mature platform, a significant number of implementations across the globe. And in India, we plan to have about three different ranges uh, based on the geography. And why would we require so many ranges compared uh, from an India perspective? We believe that India is the hub from a cyber talent perspective. And as we look at uh, import, export of talent and also look at the talents uh, that are required for our local consumption, we believe that essentially the number of ranges are going to be important. So as we look at that, we do look to uh, work with each one of enterprises, academia and others to um, work on uh, sort of building this comprehensive ecosystem and working with you as we take it forward. Absolutely. Uh, and you can see a multitude of types of customers. You can see higher education, a lot of financial institutions. MSSPs and even smaller organizations, each one can benefit uh, from cyber range training, whether your own or signing up to train uh, in a cyber range. Um, we'll move on to a, a couple of case studies quickly. We have uh, uh, 25 more minutes and we'll make sure that we leave you some time uh, for Q&A. We'll, we'll really touch this briefly and of course you're welcome to, uh, to reach out to, uh, to us later on for, for more elaborate case studies. Um, so we'll actually start with the Military Cyber Academy and this is actually an interesting story. Obviously I cannot uh, mention the specific uh, military um, academy but we, we are working uh, with governments, with the Department of Defense. You've actually may, might have seen a public announcement about the collaboration with the Australian DOD, which was announced. Uh, but this military organization, which actually uh, approached us several uh, years ago, and this is really where this range approach has started, uh, actually came up with a very interesting uh, uh, question or a challenge. And, and, and this, uh, this commander of the military academy approached a uh, person and said, look, uh, you know what? I, I'm not training my fighter pilots on PowerPoint presentations. I'm teaching them in a different way. I'm training them in a different way. Why am I training my cyber defenders still on PowerPoint? Why am I still doing that? We really need to adapt the same approach that we're using for the pilots in the military uh, and adapt that approach for, for my cyber defenders. And this is where the approach of simulation actually started uh, to evolve. And, and at that time, uh, certification and onboarding the new uh, cyber defenders was a very, very long and very uh, tedious uh, process. But after actually uh, creating and implementing the simulation approach for those military cyber defenders, uh, the uh, timeline uh, shortened dramatically, taking a novice which has zero experience in cybersecurity and turning them into a cyber warrior within only four months. And this is quite an amazing uh, achievement considering that 
those uh, freshmen, those new recruits in the military are actually coming in with no experience and they're expected later on to, to perform a very extensive uh, job. So four months is a very, very quick process and this is, can only be achieved by putting them in a gradually increasing levels of difficulty of actual immersive cybersecurity attacks. And the final attacks that are being uh, exercised are very, very long. They actually take several days, but you start with zero. And this is the power of using a cyber range for an organization such as a, a military or government organization. Uh, now, this organization has actually opened uh, a new cyber academy, and we can see the evolution of that cyber range starting with the first academy that I've presented, which provides the basic training that onboards the beginners, that trains more the defender side, and really learning the basics of incident response uh, skills, the basics of networking. But uh, after this was a great success, a new academy was opened that provides advanced training, skill enhancements, working on new attack vendors and more complex uh, scenarios, uh, not only training the defenders, but also training the penetration testers, and not only training the operators, but also training the commanders. And again, this uh, uh, connects back to training the executives and the organization. It's very important to train them as well. And doing forensics and more advanced uh, advanced training uh, scenarios. Uh, and this can also now be used to scale up uh, the range training. So actually, dozens of uh, students, dozens of trainees can train simultaneously over to cyber academies in multiple classes and even running national cyber exercises, capture the flag, all of that over the cyber range. What we have seen from a real life perspective uh, doing this, essentially it's not just about training and simulation, which essentially, uh, which Sharon highlighted. I think the military also talked about to us about having this available 24 by seven. So when a person is uh, really wanting to practice that this particular environment would be available for them to practice. And they applied uh, their military training skills uh, and they applied their uh, ability to train people in real life scenarios and non-cyber areas to this particular set of, uh, of scenarios. And what they said is we will use the same strategy for training our people here and which essentially is what Sharon highlighted and it's been very effective uh, as uh, Sharon said we can't name uh, the military organization but you could uh, be uh, this is a very uh, large organization in the country and essentially we are doing significant range of services for that. Thank you and uh, we'll briefly touch two other types of case studies uh, and there's a, quite a few uh, attendees today from financial institutions so uh, when we talk about a cyber range for a uh, financial institution uh, let's talk about the specific value that is beyond what we've just spoken about and and here we're actually expanding beyond training people, and, and I'm sure you touched that earlier, that uh, cyber range is really not just about training people, it's actually about people, process, and technologies. And, and uh, in one of the uh, Fortune 500 um, financial institutions that we're working with, uh, let's look at the, the types of use cases that they've implemented uh, and the value that they've, achieving, they've achieved by using a cyber range. So here, we're not just talking about training the, uh, the the new folks or training the skilled folks, but actually about assessing new hires. How, how do you actually test today somebody who's applying for a job in cybersecurity? How do you really know 
what are his or her capabilities before the actual cyber attack. This is really the first time where, where, where they're actually put to test. And this is an opportunity to assess those new hires before that. Uh, it's for the first time you can actually run them through a cyber attack and actually do that. Uh, now you can also certify, of course, your new employees. Of course, uh, this organization is training their experienced staff regularly, and we're talking about a very large stock organization with a team of dozens. Uh, now again, you've touched that earlier, Shri. Uh, in, in large organizations, typically we would want to, to have an actual replica replication, a specific replication of the network infrastructure. And in this case, we're actually talking about nearly 30 security tools in that organization. Imagine the complexity and what is the benefit of being able to actually practice using all these tools in a simulated environment. So many tools, very specific and custom tools, and an accurate replication of the infrastructure. And the idea is to replace the traditional tabletop training that really doesn't give you all those uh, benefits. But again, it doesn't stop with people. And we're talking also about process. So this financial organization is using the range to test new playbooks, incident response playbooks. Again, the first time you're actually going to test them is when the attack happens, but you don't want that. You really want to test them before, understand the bottlenecks, the gaps, and to tweak them. And that's exactly what they've been doing in the safe simulated environment, tweaking optimizing and then implementing in production. And of course, test organizational communication and executive training. Uh, an interesting point that we've seen is how do you communicate to a non-technical executive? When, when there's a cyber attack, you want to communicate to management. How do you do that? How do you talk to that executive to, to communicate the picture? And how does that executive make the right decisions? If it's a ransomware, do we pay the ransom? So all that is about process uh, and about uh, training about process and not just about training people. Uh, and finally, again, you've mentioned that earlier is technology. You can actually simulate infrastructure changes or even evaluate new security tools in a safe environment. So again, uh, for large organizations, it's a very accurate replication, but it's also about simulating and optimizing both people, process, and technology. And I see a lot of uh, people from higher education uh, today. So uh, again, we're going to touch a higher education uh, case study, and then we'll move on to your questions. This is a case study from uh, Regent University, which actually is the first uh, cyberbit range in uh, North America, uh, quite an extensive uh, environment. You've seen it before, and you've seen some of the ranges that have been launched before that. Um, let's look at this screenshot of, of the university website, the cyber range of the university, and see what they've been doing. And again, you can see a whole new set of use cases that the university uh, can leverage with a cyber range. So first of all, you might be surprised, but it's not a, just about a cybersecurity degree. It's actually about connecting to the industry and inviting the industry around the university to come to the university to practice live fire simulation and, and invite their incident response teams to the university uh, to train in a simulated way. Again, doing executive workshops, as we've mentioned earlier, doing professional certifications, connecting uh, to vendors. For example, you see Cisco certifications that actually be done on a cyber range or running uh, industry certifications like CompTIA, but again, doing it in a much more effective way. So you can see uh, a lot of ways to connect with the industry and with the workforce around you and do workforce development by having a cyber range in a university. And finally, of course, 
to, to create a completely new way of, uh, of uh, offering a cybersecurity degree. Uh, and I think uh, the university, this university partner actually put it in a very, in a very interesting way. You don't teach them, uh, you, you don't do the cybersecurity program to prepare them for the test. You don't prepare students for the test. You actually prepare them for a career. And this is the change uh, when using cyber ranges and simulation and hands-on programs in a university, you actually prepare the students for their career. They can, when they graduate, they're 100% ready to start working in a stock. And typically they will be much more prepared than those actual workers that are in the stock that have never seen a cyber attack in real life. Uh, so they would, they actually seen them. Those graduates have seen those attacks while they were studying. And finally working with, uh, within, with the community on career transformation course, um, courses, K to 12 high school programs. So numerous use cases. Uh, for universities, uh, and you can see that those universities have actually been acknowledged by the NSA, by the Department of Homeland Security, and given uh, quite prestigious um, National Center of Academic Excellence uh, awards based on their usage of a cyber ranges and based on their uh, ability to offer hands-on simulations. So acknowledgement by the U.S. federal authorities uh, based on uh, offering cyber range training in the university. There, is, there was a question which I would like to address, which is very relevant to the slide. How easy is it to use the range in universities knowing that it is difficult to change a curriculum? I would uh, say that uh, I would disagree with that. It essentially is, if you really look at a lot of the deemed universities that we are working on right now, several of who are working with us to not only customize their curriculum, but we are essentially on their advisory board, advising them on to how to make their curriculum uh, totally current and also relevant from an industry perspective. So it's really very enriching to see that the vice chancellor and the deans of these universities are very forward looking and they are absolutely ready to customize their curriculum because ultimately, if you really look at it, they are in the business of skill development and they are trying to see how do they basically bridge the gap between uh, the student and the industry and what is required. So definitely, there is a lot of customization that is happening here in India and you will see some of that happening in the next couple of months. Yep, thank you very much. So uh, over to our last poll, and uh, in this case, we're going to ask you uh, more about your current leads, and are you actually considering cyber range training for your organization? In this case, uh, you have one answer, uh, one optional answer, so uh, I've opened the poll for you to reply. I'll give you a minute to answer. So I would say this, the, the interesting uh, thing, or not surprising, is that most of you don't own a cyber range, they're only a fraction of you, and only a fraction of you are actually uh, using simulation or uh, cyber range for training. So a lot of you are not doing that yet, which is an amazing opportunity for you uh, in India and in Asia to actually use this partnership to offer simulated training for your team. Uh, and quite evenly, um, half of you or say one third of you are not planning uh, cyber range training. Uh, and another third of you is actually considering to open an in-house uh, cyber range. So 30% of you are actually thinking of opening your own cyber range. Uh, and another 20% are actually considering to sending your team to cyber range training. So I would say that uh, 
almost over almost 60% or exactly um, 50% of you are either considering to open a range or to send your team uh, to cyber range training. So half of you are planning to do that, which is quite uh, encouraging. And only 35% of you are currently not planning to do that. So you can certainly get in touch uh, with us and with Deloitte later on after this presentation, and we can might be able to help you uh, with that. Um, so I'm going to hide and close the poll. Uh, we have uh, 11 more minutes. We're more than happy to stick around with you a bit more after the hour or, uh, of the webinar and answer your questions. Uh, and we will move on to your Q&A. And let's open the questions. We all got a lot of questions. I hope we can answer most of them. What is the current training offering? And how does a security profession choose which training to opt for? Shri, do you want to take that? I think uh, one of the things that uh, I, I would like to reiterate, uh, as we said, we are talking here about skilling. Uh, so let's basically start moving from training to skilling. And the reason for that is essentially, as I said, training is a linear uh, pattern and skilling essentially can go in multi-directional. And why is it important? As I said before, uh, you need to uh, have your professionals have multiple let a set of skills. And as you've seen some of the offerings that we uh, uh the levels, people can progress uh, by level, and each one of those particular levels can become a lot more complex. So it's almost like what you call capture the flag kind of scenarios. And also there are ba uh, right from basic level training all the way to very advanced training where a person can essentially pick and choose. So the career path or the career uh, plan that the person builds uh, can be totally customizable based on the, one of their job profile, uh, their particular area of interest, or the current scenario or challenge that they're basically facing. So it's completely customizable. The, the next question is, why is it necessary that the cyber range is able to simulate the SOCs? So let me answer that quickly. So it is not necessary, but it, it is a huge advantage of a cyber range. A cyber range can be used for many cases, as you've seen. Basically, a customer can utilize the range just as a network simulation, even to uh, to attack certain components of the network or to investigate or just to learn some of the universities use it just to learn about the uh, basics of networking and not, not even simulating a SOC. But when, when you do have a SOC team, uh, this is a huge advantage of actually having the real tools in there because it, it dramatically increases uh, the quality uh, of the training. Uh, why is that necessary? For, if you want to train SOC people, you want to train them in a real-life SOC and not in something that is close or on the side or not exactly replicating a SOC. But of course, it is not essential. If you have different scenarios, uh, you don't necessarily have to simulate the security operations center. But when you do, it is certainly uh, a significant uh, advantage. What type of training do you offer to C-suite and to the board of directors? So again, for the C-suite and board of directors, typically the scenario would be to be integrated into a general cyber attack scenarios, the board of directors and the C-suite will have a role in that. So the advantage of a range is obviously in simulating the entire attack. But in that case, the board or the C-suite will have specific roles within that scenario. So 
take the, the example that we've provided earlier, a ransomware attack on the organization requires executive decisions. And this is where the executives uh, will come into place. Are we paying? Are we not paying? Uh, there, is a, there is a conversation that needs to be done between the hands-on, between the operational team and the executive team. And sometimes that communication is really what you need to practice. It's not about operating uh, the firewall or, or the SIM. It's about how to communicate. And that's something that you learn uh, when you do that uh, C-suite training. Totally agree yeah. with that, Sharon. I'd like to add a few other things. It's, uh, sure. To what you said, I think the C-suite and board of directors, we deal with them more from a crisis management perspective, because as Sharon said, they don't need to really look at the tools. But if there was a scenario that happened, how would is it how would it basically impact your organization and how would this would basically ripple through? And it also helps uh, CISOs basically go and sort of uh, push the case for additional money for uh, uh, enhancing their network or additional investments in security because all, all of a sudden the C-suite and board of directors are able to see real life as to what would happen if there was an attack or how essentially the vector can basically traverse through their entire network and sort of disrupt their entire operation. So those are things that we look at crisis management kind of scenarios uh, and for specifically for the C-suite and board of directors. Two more quick questions. So some of you are asking if you can get a demo of some modules to get the feel of the training. So of course, a demo is possible uh, and uh, we will reach out to you after the session. And again, you're more than welcome to reach out to us if any of you are interested to see uh, the demo. It's very easily demonstrable online definitely reach out to us that, that is possible. Um, is the training available to individuals and how uh, can one apply for it? Then, of course, the range supports, as uh, we've mentioned earlier, either team training or individual training. Uh, when the actual range and uh, Deloitte will communicate when this is actually going to be live, then, uh, of course, individuals uh, and organizations will be able to uh, to apply for that. Uh, so there is there are also specific scenarios that are built for individuals, including introductory courses, uh, basic firewall training, and so on. Uh, so the answer is definitely yes, of course. Um, uh, let me go through a few more questions. Um, and one, one other thing yes. that I'd like to add, yes. Sharon, is to also extend the reach. We are working with several universities, and if there's a specific university that is near you that is not offering uh, this kind of a curriculum, do let them know, and we would be happy to work with them on uh, actually structuring a curriculum for them. We have a question uh, that says, knowing that there is a skill shortage, how do you cope with resources availability to go on for three or four days of training? So when I uh, communicated the longer three or four days of, uh, of training in terms of longer sessions, um, typically those training were more uh, restricted to, to military organizations and to, to practice the longer uh, cyber attacks, so in which case we use they would use their own resources. But again, the resources are typically either ones that uh, we, uh, Deloitte can provide, uh, Cyberbit can provide, uh, or it would be the resources of the specific organization, which would be an instructor that would be dedicated to the range. Uh, so that really depends uh, on the type of, uh, of setup uh, of, of that specific range. 
slightly yes. different philosophy there, Sharon. Essentially, I believe organizations need to invest in their employees. And I think three to four days is not a big investment that organizations need to do. And as I also said, these particular platforms, based on how you really set it up, are available 24 by 7. So during a normal business day, once a person goes for a training, he can continue to practice, practice, and practice, which is going to be important, as we said. So, but our, however, I feel uh, investment in your professionals to keep them current is essentially going to save it for a rainy day. Agreed. And moving on to the next question, we do have uh, three more official minutes to the webinar, but we're more than happy to stick around uh, for a few minutes and answer you. Um, in your experience, is there any academia that used the cyber range for developing or tuning the algorithms for research purpose? So, so the answer is absolutely yes, uh, and uh, we can actually point to in the direction of the universities that are using the, uh, the cyber range uh, for research. We can contact you uh, after this webinar and actually uh, connect you to those uh, universities. And yes, as I've mentioned, uh, the range, you can utilize the full scope of the range for simulation, for attack simulation, but you can also leverage the convenience of setting up a network and resetting, up, resetting it in a button click just for your own uh, research purpose uh, in the academia. So the answer is absolutely uh, yes. Uh, how long is the customized setting up of an environment before the actual training? So again, first of all, in terms of setting up the training, you've seen that this is a matter of minutes uh, and a few clicks of a button to actually get the training up and running. The process of creating a network is quite uh, variable. It really depends on the amount of customization that you need. So I would say that in this case, we would want to get in touch with you and understand that level of customization and give you a more uh, reliable uh, estimate of uh, the process of actually creating an entirely uh, new network. But again, uh, typically uh, you would have a few options for networks, some of them that have been set up in advance and setting them up and changing between networks, by the way, is a matter of minutes or, or even uh, uh, centers. If you essentially go to with the standard scenarios, it's a matter of minutes, but if you uh, want to really get customized uh, a network and you want to become really anal about uh, how you do it, you can go all the way down to the port level and do a lot of configurations and which essentially could take much longer. And which is where I think uh, it's a mix and match and which is where there will be standard scenarios out of the box. And then there are things that you can basically mix and match with these scenarios and customize it. Or you can actually build it all from scratch. It all depends. And each one of them will take a different variant of time. But the standard out of the box scenarios are uh, very fast to basically configure. And again, there's a few questions on customization. I, I won't answer each one. So there's a question from a telco. Uh, can we emulate a telco uh, environment and so on? So generally, the, the, the platform can emulate mostly any type uh, of network, but we'll address separately each and every question uh, which is specific to you. Uh, but again, the platform is customizable to basically to provide any type of network. Uh, there is also a question of, of what kind of scenarios do we yes. One other thing, and if sure. there is an equipment that we ha do not have in our simulation, uh, if we can sit down with you, we would be able to then essentially understand the input outputs and how it operates and be able to emulate it. We have done this for military grade equipment and we believe that uh, te telecom equipment and uh, some of the OSS, BSS and others should not be difficult to emulate and we would be very happy to work with you on that. What kind of scenarios do you have for, for the SCADA network? So uh, 
again, indeed, there are scenarios in the cyber range for SCADA, for industrial control system network that are written specifically for that. Uh, a lot of them involving exploits of, of HMIs and PLCs. Uh, again, there's a few of you from the OT side, so we won't go over all of them, but I want to say that one of very, very typical scenario that is provided in the cyber range is actually uh, the movement from an IT attack to an OT attack, and that's a, a scenario that's quite often simulated in the cyber range. So a scenario that starts with a phishing email or a drive-by download, basically from the internet and from the IT side, uh, and penetrating into the OT network is something that we see very often with our customers in the OT space, uh, and we've implemented those uh, to, to try to understand what does it mean to, to manage an attack that is actually running on IT and OT on the converged attack surface. So that's something you will see uh, in the cyber range uh, itself. Um, as for the training, how many days does it take? So again, it's uh, quite flexible. Again, there's trainings that uh, start from an hour. There's training that are uh, more, a few hours or even days. And as Sri mentioned, the full training session can, can be a few days. But again, I think it's a more uh, elaborate answer than to cover it uh, uh, over the, the course of this webinar. But uh, Sri, if you want to add anything about how many days it would take, if you'd like to to elaborate on that? Sure, I think it uh, completely depends on the training plan and the scenario and the skill level of the people that you would like to train and the maturity. So I think uh, there are a lot of variables that we would look at, but if you're looking at uh, expert set of students who you would like to train on some advanced areas, then I think that would be a typical one to two day kind of a scenario. But if you're looking for a complete end-to-end -end kind of a training, if you notice in universities, uh, people can take out as, my, as many as six months to basically train. So what we endeavor to do in this particular entire training is over a period of time, uh, skill as many people as possible uh, who can essentially go to university kind of curriculum so that we have a particular level of experience and skill set in the market. But for those of you who are in organization and who are trying to upskill some of your team members, we would essentially evaluate the team members and the prerequisites. If they, they need to do prerequisites, each of those could take time. And ultimately, when they come into the training, which could be anywhere from a one to two day or a three to four day kind of a training. Uh, here's actually a very important question. So the question is, if the network is a shadow of the live environment, will it affect the live environment? So, so the answer is absolutely not. Uh, the simulated network is in completely isolated replication uh, of the live environment. Uh, it doesn't have any touch points with the live environment, and this is why uh, it can be a very effective playground to run real malware, uh, real attacks without any impact uh, on the live environment. It's not a real-time replicating environment. It's actually a closed environment that you can basically do pretty much whatever you like without uh, impacting uh, the actual live environment. There's but one, one thing that we do here, uh, yeah. Sharon, I think one thing is if you do 
emulate your network completely, then essentially we would expect that this particular environment, which is the training environment, is also completely protected because then essentially somebody can try out scenarios and try it on your real-life network. So essentially, security of the particular training environment will also be extremely important. Agreed. This concludes the Q&A. So really, really appreciate uh, the many questions that you've provided. I'd like to thank you all. And Andrea, I'd like to thank you for, for the uh, insightful information. It was a real pleasure. Uh, I would like to invite you to meet Deloitte and Cyberbit uh, at these uh, events at DSCI FinTech, uh, ETSA India, and ISMG Fraud Summit will be uh, present in, in uh, all these events. Shri, anything to add before we say goodbye to our audience? Thank you to everybody. I think most of you have stayed much beyond the uh, schedule of the seminar itself that shows the level of interest. Do reach out to us uh, and we are available, both Sharon and I are available to uh, speak with you at any time and uh, some of your other questions will be addressed and if there are any specific requests on the recording, we will provide it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Have a great rest of your day and have a great week. Thank you very much and goodbye.